0: What's the deal with the cat versus dog debate? Why do dog people hate cats? I what don't do think dog think?
1: people hate cats, but I'll tell you one thing. Ready? And You can use this in your act. <laughs> you ready? I'll give you a joke. <laughs> you know why dogs are cooler than cats? Why? Because you've never heard anybody say, say oh my God, my dog's so cool, he's like a cat. <laughs> but how often do you hear people like, no, this cat's so cool, he's like a dog, right?
0: <laughs> Welcome to Burning
1: Ready, set, go already. Do you're sick of the Armani? I, Emporio Armani <laughs> presen- I did I used to do the Armani as in BMW. Do it. Emporio Armani presents the fragrance for him. <laughs> the fragrance for her. Two fragrances get together. <laughs> Emporio Armani. You can start the episode like that. <laughs> That's
0: what I'm gonna do. It smells like a gummy bear farted. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did I did I, 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 that was in the the, the the heyday of when voiceover artists were making like good money. a year For doing like Four gigs You just go to the mailbox For a living I was like Oh this is gonna last forever But the funny part
0: Even though you are A great voiceover artist You still hate your voice
1: Mm, There's times I hate it If I When I hear The Chewy New Yorkness. <laughs> I'm
0: just like, ew. It's why you won't just, they like? A- <laughs> you hear your grandpa. You're like, how did he get inside? My grandpa. <laughs> I hear my grandma.
1: Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I like. I, so, but for acting, I've had to like really learn how to take it out. Like oh I could take God. it out, but sometimes I'm just like, you catch me in a, a moment where I'm a moche It's oh coming God. back in.
0: Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> you start <laughs> nagging yourself. Yeah, guys, we are about to get seriously emo with justin silver i've actually had an eye on you for a long time oh we really? have you on the pod that's so cool because you had neurotica which is all about psychoses and that is where we thrive um and burning in hell you also you're a podcaster you're a comedian you're an actor you're a top dog trainer you're yeah. an author thank you this is just facts not even compliments yet oh we're not doing compliments we're going to hell we're going to break you down and build you back up justin um <laughs>
1: I'm already broken down, so (laughs) let's just start from the rebuild, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to say, I just got to your apartment. It's immaculate, beautiful, especially for a straight man, and you have the most adorable pit bull. Oh. How are you single right now?
1: Uh, How am I single right now? I I think, well, I date, and I think that when someone sticks where all the different things line up, you kind of just know that, and then, yeah. The two, you just kind of just it flows naturally and easily, but mm-hmm. I don't think, um, I don't know. I just think that, that that comes, you fall in love when you fall in love, and all those other things have to line up, and you can't force that. And when it happens, it happens. And there's times I've been in like great love, mm-hmm. and then those relationships, even I, I, I don't think that because relationships break up doesn't mean they weren't successful for the time that they were
0: agreed 100%. Right.
1: But now I'm at the point where I'm like, some the, the the I want something with longevity, and I'm ready for that, and my life is like is going in a pretty good direction despite the voices in my head that try to convince me that they're not all the time so i'm sort of like uh and it's been like a rebuild from like a few years ago where i was in la after i had that cbs show and Mm -hmm. i had quit doing comedy and i was like i was sort of waiting for other things to materialize and i came back to new york to sort of rebuild things but now i'm in the place where i'm like i kind of just like popped my head out of the ground the other day and i was like oh wait things are flowing and going pretty good so um so hopefully that won't be for long (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but one thing that attracted me to Dez was when I met him, he was fostering a pit bull. Oh. And he definitely needed your help. His name was Flynn. He was this huge blue nose pit.
1: Oh, I love the blues.
0: And Dez would be like, and the dog would stop. And there was something so hot about it. I was like, if he could handle this pit bull he could he might be able to handle me <laughs> right right.
1: there's something sexy about a dude who, like walks with a giant dog off leash in the streets like someone he, had a joke about that i think it was like i can't remember who it was but she's like if i see it she's like if i see a, a guy walking a dog off leash she's like oh this dude fucks yeah. it's, like, I, who, who the hell was it i can't remember but like corinne sent it to me the other yeah. day and i Des was like this was
0: all about like watch this guy off leash and then he'd like play with the um the rope but yeah. then he'd always like pull his back a little but that's what happens when you're with an older man but anyway what have you learned about humans through training dogs?
1: So, check this out. Or learned about yourself. So it's a very general out. question. But so, I wrote the book, The Language of Dogs, which yes. is basically like prescriptive nonfiction where it's 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 basically explaining like how, to, how dogs think, learn, see the world and how to um, set them up for success by teaching them the things you want them to do in the, all the different stimulus where they would act out otherwise, right? So in the process of training dogs I came from being a personal trainer which is what I think helped me work with people because mm-hmm. you have to when you're training dogs you're training the people to train their dogs I don't believe in that thing like give me your dog I'll program your cable box and then hand you the remote control yeah. it doesn't work that way yeah like you have to be integrated it's parenting right so so many life lessons come up for me when I'm working with animals that I the next book that I wanted to write and I may still do it is everything I've ever needed to know I've learned from dogs yeah and the point and some of the biggest things, in dogdom is understanding when when owners call me with problems that dogs are always learning from us Mm. either directly or inadvertently through our behaviors so we have to be clear on what we want them to do and set a path for them and then any correction is course correcting back to this original path and every time i'm on session with whether it's like a high aggressive session or someone who uh you know there's a lot of like you know single women in New York City who have these codependent relationships with their dogs after they <laughs> went through some divorce that kind of thing and I'll catch myself saying things where I'm speaking to the psychology of what they need to do to bridge the communication gap because that's really what it is yeah. just how to communicate with them and I'm like wait a second that's the kind of thing I should be telling myself in a b or c yeah. situation I'm in my life so it's like it's almost everything
0: you it's funny there's a lot of people that will get a dog to think it's going to like solve all their problems what is this codependency you talk about because a lot of people suffer from codependency just with normal relationships well
1: i my thing is i i believe we treat animals the way we want to be treated Mm. and in a and if you're into dog rescue or like you know i I mean you buy you get a dog because you want to love something Mm -hmm. and it's very easy if you're even if you're not feeling lonely to coddle that thing and to baby it and treat it like a stuffed animal with a heartbeat yeah and so when i pull dogs off the street like you have big brutus over here Mm -hmm. who's adorable Mm -hmm. but i have dogs that are I have dogs that are 11 pounds, mm-hmm. and then I have dogs that are over 150 pounds, mm-hmm. right? If you look at all the different dogs I train, and a lot of those dogs, are, you know, I spend so much time with them, they're basically, you know, I'm on a lot of people's wills. If something happens to me, it's like, God forbid it all happens at the same time, there's going to be like 30 dogs here, and thank God they're loaded, so the, the, do- the will also comes with like, you know, half a million dollars for some of these dogs. But when I think about an animal like Brutus, like, I, my mom always said to me, she's like, You know, I had, like, a bit of a troubled background. I had a bad relationship with my father, and I was, like, always a really sensitive kid and an artist. Like, all this artwork you're seeing in the apartment, like, I did a lot of these. Wow. So, um... I, I always had this thing with animals where I would want to save them and fix them. And when I would walk by homeless people on the street as a kid, I would like start crying and make my mom like give them money. Like I've always had this very kindred spirit.
0: Very sensitive.
1: Very sensitive. I was always very sensitive. Which is sensitive. not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. If you can, if you could sort of manage it and control it and understand there's other aspects of your personality are your strengths, which is what I'm going to get to in a second. So- my mom, would always, when I started doing Funny for Fighter, which is my charity and my rescue shelter, I, I, I started, I'm sorry, my charity for rescue shelters, I just had this big affinity for underdogs and dogs that had had it rough and wanted to like fix them and give them like a happy life. And it's mm-hmm. very easy to want to just feel bad for them about their sad stories. Mm-hmm. So when I look at, if you take Brudix, for example, like he's a dog that was on the streets in LA. Um, he was dying. He was emaciated. They had to Pull the skin of his scrotum Off the pavement Because it sort of melded to it From the heat Well I have videos of this And like And for me when I look at them It's very easy to want to coddle him And just be like Oh my god You had like this Horrible sad story Like let me Let me baby you Mm -hmm. And you could also look at I mean, and when you're asking me about codependent relationships with dogs uh, and people in New York, a lot of people do this. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, if their dog gets separation anxiety, they want to coddle it because they feel bad for the fact that the dog's suffering. But in my mind, the way I explain it to them is like, what we want them to be happy, balances free is for them to have a sense of autonomy, to have a sense of self, mm. to need us because, you know, they need food in their bowls, but not need us to the point where it's like they're screaming, crying if we run out of the room. We want to build like strong, happy young men and women. And here.
0: learn how to self-soothe if you're not around.
1: Yes. And actually, dog, there, that is something that dogs do. You, there's techniques that you do in training which teaches them to manage their emotions mm-hmm. so that the, we'll quote it, quote unquote, thoughts in their heads run through as opposed to making their body move, which then the body moves, the brain moves, the body moves, the brain, and then they start going into some sort of physical and emotional type of spinning, we'll call it. Uh, But you can do techniques that teach them to they can have their feelings, but it doesn't mean they need to act on them. Yes, right. Just like us, just like us doing a breathing exercise when you're feeling anxious, instead yeah. of smoking a cigarette or instead of like you know running around in the apartment like anxious, you could be like, wait, I'm just going to sit here and manage my emotions.
0: This is so similar to humans, because as a girl, I love a bad boy. I love fixing a sad, yeah. a sad boy. But if you think that you're just going to take someone and be their savior and that that's going to be a help, a healthy relationship yeah. and change them to be what you want sure. and you like are making in your head for them, that's not healthy. It's you finding someone who has their demons and you have your demons and you both knowing your boundaries and giving each other the ability to like be confident in yourselves. Yeah. Which is kind of what you've done with Brutus, I well, feel like.
1: But, it's, but, it's, but the thing that I do, I agree with you, and we'll get back to that in relationships, I think. But mm-hmm. I, the thing with, I try to, the way I explain it to clients when they're asking me like why dogs are reacting to all these things in the environment, I try to explain to them, like, the environment is your relationship with them, right? Mm-hmm. So I always explain it like this. Scene, interior, a train car, going across the country the relationship between you and that animal, just like the interior of that train car, goes through all these different environments. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. So you're trying to build a healthy, balanced communication and relationship with them, right? So that's why when I'm working them and I'm working with clients, I try to say, I'm like, what would you, if, if, instead of feeling bad for this animal because of their past or because their expression of anxiety is something that's very sympathetic and empathetic mm-hmm. if this were you or this were like a child that you had what would you want for them mm-hmm. you'd want them to feel comfortable in their own skin you'd want them to feel confident you'd want them to love you but not be excessively needy you'd want them to have a skill set you'd want them to feel socialized with with other kids you'd want them you'd want all these sh- you'd want all these things for them that where where you would love them the right way so that they were strong in their sense of self and their sense of being, right? Mm -hmm. And when I'm working with people and animals with that, and and especially with with dogs like Brutus, like I realize like where I have to be tougher, where I have to be like not take his shit, where Mm -hmm. I have to be coddling and nurturing to him, where I have to like educate him, set him up for things so that he knows how to solve his own problems in a way. So it's Mm -hmm. like, in a way, I'm like, I I, I think about like the little kid inside of me that's like needy and has, you know, we all have that. And I'm like, wait a second. I I look at it almost like a dog that I'm training. So Mm -hmm. does that like bring that full circle?
0: 100%, and this is so fascinating to me because I also think there's a lot of animal lovers that listen to this pod. And I recently saw something because I, I, uh, when I was a little kid, I used to just raise my hand in class and be like, I love animals. And they're like, okay, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you talking about? But I do feel like I thought I was so special because I love animals. And I recently read about like how people who go through trauma have an affinity for animals. Yeah, sometimes. that's what I am saying. And like I was you. like, wait a second. Does that mean I'm fucked up? <laughs> no,
1: that's what I said. saying. My mom used to say, she goes, I feel like you're always trying to fix yourself. You're you're trying to heal yourself by trying to heal all these dogs, which is true.
0: Wow, that's but, deep.
1: But he, but healing them in the right way, like that's the area where I really feel like I heal things in the right way, as mm-hmm. opposed to you know you can there's transference. You know, yeah. what I mean, you can transfer, just like you were just talking with codependent relationships. You can yeah. transfer your. You know feeling of low self-worth or feeling like you were inadequate to trying to fix somebody so that you feel like you were the you know you represented some sense of strength and you know you yeah. get, there's transference I, you but know. the one place where like emotional transference is kind of healthy is where you're like wait a second here's me loving something the right way making it stronger more competent happier and then like you know the circle sort of complete yeah. so it's like in a way it's like my emotional transference to animals in a way to like fix the little kid in me is sort of a good thing for them and for me and for other people it's like that that, that's where yeah that's where like the cracks in us allow the light to shine through. i was
0: going through the worst time in quarantine like a really bad depression and i started volunteering at an animal shelter because i could i was going through like internet bullshit and i couldn't stop looking at my phone Mm -hmm. but when i got to the shelter you can't look at your phone because you're working and things are simple like when you're dealing with people, there's so many complicated things. Like, I think group settings are really fucking hard sometimes, awkward. You don't know when to talk, what to say. You try to be funny, you hurt someone's feelings. Like, it's so complicated. And with animals, like, their intentions seem like very simple. You feel like you understand them. There's like this pureness to the relationships where yeah. I almost feel like myself when I'm with an yeah, animal. Of course. Or sometimes with humans, everyone's looking at you through all these lenses that y- you don't know who you are.
1: Yeah. The, well, the nice, there's no social mask with them yeah and we relate it's like children it's like children and we relate to them on a level that's very primal yes and i one of the nice things about having this dog and i you know i like big beautiful pitbulls like this is that when we you know i went through depression and quarantine too and i lo- right before right before lockdown i put my 15 year old Pipped Chiquita, 16 year old Pipple Chiquita down, and she was my first one. Oh, I'm sorry. And, but it, no, no, it was beautiful. We did it right here in the living room. We had beautiful music playing. Like, it was her time to go, and I feel like I like, I, the way I say it is, I landed that plane so gracefully so she didn't even feel the wheels touch the ground. It's mm. like, that's our job mm-hmm. as dog owners. Mm-hmm. And then I i got this dog sweepy who had a lot of medical issues and i raised all this money during covid i trained him and i was putting it all on social media which is how that the language of dogs and we'll talk about how that tiktok page started blowing up Mm -hmm. is because i was showing examples of how i was training him from the ground up but i was also raising money for his medical needs and i ended up raising like ten thousand dollars he had to get all these surgeries and out of nowhere he just sort of dropped dead And I went into the depths of a depression that was so real that it was so physically overcoming. And again, it was like the middle of winter during COVID. I just put two dogs down. Um, And so I got out and I went to LA just to get into some sun and start fostering dogs. And I was like, I'm not coming back until I find like the one that's right for me. And I found this dude, and you know, when you've been doing this as long as I do, just like we were talking about dating earlier, mm-hmm. your list gets very <laughs> narrow. You know exactly what you're looking for. Just you like- know You know the red know, flags. You know exactly, and I was like this, I wrote a list of 16 things, that some of them were superficial, but most of them were like the necessities of what I would want, and like- Same I, him as
0: dating, there's a little superficialness in the beginning. Right,
1: yeah, well I want them big and beautiful like this dude, um, but I also need, <laughs> they also work, my dogs work for a living, like we train, we work together, this yeah. is my training partner, And yeah. so, um, getting him and then bringing him back here and the relationship I have with this dog and how fulfilling it is and necessary it is for me to get up, get out of the house because I have something to care for. And mm-hmm. while I'm working with them, I just, I never think about myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And yes, w- and you as, nailed it.
1: And as comedians and performers and we're artists s- <laughs> and, and, and also- We're at, so
0: self-aware to the point that it's painful. But
1: also, But we're also the product of what we're doing. Like, you know, you and I were shooting social media right before this and mm-hmm. it's like, you, you know we're also the businesses that we're working on we're the products mm-hmm. and so you can focus you know it's like how many times you have to look at pictures of yourself yeah you know for, for for necessity yeah and the nice thing about working with dogs and and having a social media page that's more catered to them is that it's not about me mm-hmm. do you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. about like of course it like channels through me but like it's it feels like uh it's something where i feel like my um like Something, something for the greater good is acting through me, which is yeah. what I think the charity is and all those other things. So.
0: Yeah, I think I've had trouble sometimes growing up. I didn't have a religion and I didn't, I played an individual sport. I know you were a boxer. I was a tennis player. Oh yeah? So I always felt like, I never felt like- how did you know I was a boxer? I know these things. Oh. You actually told me, we, we go way back. Like we had little instances where oh, we see each other. yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. Mike Vecchion was performing right. at um, the Daily Shit. Show and I think we got That's into right. it. we were
1: all there in the green room And together. tennis
0: and boxing are very similar right. where it's individual and you're just fucking obsessed with yourself and how good you're doing and I never felt like I was part of a bigger team or a bigger moment or a bigger reason. I have a lot of like, why am I on this earth? And then you get a pet or you're fostering a pet, you're taking care of an animal and you're like, out of your own head yeah you have to be present because like what if you lose the dog or the dog is in harm because you were spacing out on your phone like that's not okay yeah
1: and the cool thing is like you know the the nice thing is like you know my charity funny for fido is where is like the confluence of those two passions you know i've been doing that for 20 years and like i told you we're about to shoot a tour on it where it's like Bringing all these comedians together for to raise money for the rescue shelters, and I got to tell you, like in all the things I've ever done in my life, between the TV shows I've had, the books, like that's the thing that when I when we do that show and I write the check over to the shelters and like the comics who were my idols, like you know the Dave Attells and Colin Mm Quinn's and Seinfeld did the last one and Gaff again, everybody does it. When I see like everybody sitting there and they're they're laughing their ass off and there's all these people with these like homeless animals in the crowd they were raising money for and I sign that check over like I just can't like I just start weeping from it you know it's like it's the nicest it's it's like the purest and nicest thing in my life and I'm mm-hmm. like you know things like that are just like it sounds so cheesy but it's like that really is when people talk about like the spirit of giving and generosity yeah. it's like. Man, I f- my mom always tells me she comes to them. She's like, "I'm so proud of you," and I know what she means. And I don't mean it in a narcissistic vein type of way. I mean mm-hmm. it in a way of like, you know, man, like you got to give yourself credit. So I'm like, "You done good, kid."
0: Well, we're in you an know? industry where it's a lot of like, what's the follower count? What's the money you're bringing in? What's the last thing that you did yeah. that made you relevant? Yeah. Um. Now that you are like on the dating scene. And you've learned well, from your past.
1: Okay. What do you? What, and you?
0: You said with dogs, like you kind of know what you are looking for. Oh yeah. What are you looking for? Are you in making terms this like? Is, is this basically this becoming is like bachelor. a hinge? <laughs> is
1: this becoming like a hinge?
0: Well, I am also fascinated Damn. by like single guys in the city and how their their brains work.
1: Okay. Uh, you are asking what I am
0: looking for. Yeah, like wh- what do you think is a good? like what are the th- things now that you've experienced a lot that you want in a relationship or you want for a happy partnership long-term?
1: I, You know what I really love? And like, listen, of course there's all the physical attributes of somebody that you have to be attracted to. And yeah. I like sex to be very, you know, hot and good. And I like, <laughs> of course. And I'm like, I'm a pleaser. you like,
0: I want sex to be sexy. Yeah, I want sex to be- But
1: I'm a pleaser in that way. Like I'm kind of like, you know, <laughs> generous in saying he in likes the bedroom. to go down on
0: you. That's what he's <laughs> that saying. That is what I'm
1: saying. Um... <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying listen i try to on i'm i'm not a fuck boy and i try to make sure i do not come off that way because i know that i look that way oh uh God. but i am not <laughs> i swear to you, you would you, not
0: it, there is something about like muscles uh, people assume that you are vain yeah, and a fuck I, boy. Dude, I
1: have a douchebags uniform you do i you do, do but i'm not that way at all but mm-hmm. like the the nice thing i like la- the the sort of passion in the bedroom and be is is an important thing and mm-hmm. like of course there's a physical attraction and all mm-hmm. that but the the most important thing for me is I think like when it's so cheap when people fill each other's gaps mm. and I'm sure you experienced this with des like you were talking about like the age difference with the two of you and how there's mm-hmm. nice things at, at the fact that he's older and he's settled down in certain ways that give you room yeah. to be able to do the things that you want to do. And so the and two he of could you could give
0: me advice on things that he, yeah, he the I two need.
1: And I always love, I always like, I could
0: tell him about TikTok. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I like, I love, I love when, when aspects of things that I've learned in my personality and the the things that I've known how to do can lend themselves to mm. this thing that that other people, that person wants to accomplish. And the two of you kind of just keep stepping up together. Yes. And it, it ends up becoming like, you know, you and her versus the world, which is a cool thing. What if thing. she's a cat person? I like cats. I like oh, all animals. Can,
0: can we discuss this for a second? Because yeah. I'm working on bits about it and stuff. And I, I, I'm I, an animal lover, but I also grew up with cats. I grew up in Brooklyn, so my we only had room for cats. And mm-hmm. I fucking love cats more than anything. What's the deal with the cat versus dog debate? Why do dog people hate cats? I what don't do think dog think? people hate
1: cats, but I'll tell you one thing. Ready? And You can use this in your act. <laughs> you ready? I'll give you a joke. <laughs> you know why dogs are cooler than cats why because you've never heard anybody said say oh my god my dog's so cool he's like a cat <laughs> but how often do you hear people like no this cat's so cool he's like a dog right
0: a valid point <laughs> but i also was thinking Dude, in the bathroom my, today this, i've never heard a person who owns a cat say they don't like cats like they'll insinuate like, yeah my cat was I like an cats. asshole but um i do think dogs have this like they just want everyone to love them and they want to listen to them and they love you giving the boundaries where cats are like I make the rules. Well h- bitch. here's the
1: thing the thing is with cat, like we're dog's evolutionary niche. We're not cats evolutionary niche. So dog like,
0: Ooh, please explain that.
1: So there's no such thing as dogs without humans, right? The, like dogs are domesticated wolves. Okay. And we're their evolutionary niche. Dogs okay. do not exist without human beings. Even though there's wild dogs now, those dogs have reacclimated toward the wild and like the plains of Africa. Okay. But so because of that the, you know, the cute little puppy dog face, and you can watch this if you watch the Netflix uh, series dogs. The reason they give that puppy dog face is to be more endearing toward humans so that they get fed. And that developed early on from wolves. And mm-hmm. they have something... I'll, I mean, I can explain the science of this, but I don't <laughs> think people are going to be interested in that. So dogs are biologically programmed genetic to work with us and work for us there mm-hmm. they we pro a lot of people believe we wouldn't have survived if it wasn't for the dog they were everything from our alarm systems to our, our hot water bottles to our nannies to our hunting partners and people thought that human beings would not have existed if it wasn't for if, if wow. it wasn't for them so we are genetically pro like human Man's beings and dogs friend. exist together cats although great company and can be trained and you know uh uh, wonderful life partners and pets don't necessarily need us how you don't know, in new york city it's like how you don't see how often in other countries you do but you don't see a lot of feral dogs yeah. you see feral cats are all the time they don't yeah. really need us yeah. to exist cats would have survived without us dogs would not have yeah they wouldn't even be here so so that's why I that's think that's very that
0: interesting. I also would use that, too, as an argument to be like, cats don't need us, but they still choose to hang with chew, us, yes. which is but, nice. Dude, I'm not,
1: I'm, I, I love all animals. I mean, yeah. I, I rescue birds off the street. But the thing is, <laughs> when, you know, that dogs are the only animal that look to the right side of your face to determine expression. The only thing else that does that are other humans because at a necessity. So when you look at me and yeah. you see you, you look to I'm, the right side of my face to determine expression. Right, which lets you know if I'm happy, if I'm sad, if this episode is going good, if it's not going good, if Mm -hmm. I want you to like put your feet off on my couch. You You understand? So the only other animal that would need to do that are dogs. Primates don't even do that with us because monkeys don't really need us to, to, they don't need us to live. So that's why I think, you know, people are just like dog man best friend, but cats second best friend. Okay, good.
0: I have one question about dogs, my one issue with dogs brutus has this very special relationship with you when he sees someone else he gets so excited Mm -hmm. with my cat she will not fuck with you for like a good three months and i like that about her because i'm Mm. like she will never love someone like she loves me she's a cunt (laughs) (laughs) and so am i and i feel like no you're not (laughs) but i feel like with the dog if my dog got so excited to see someone else i get jealous I'd be like, oh, that person's done nothing for you and you're fucking whoring yourself out to this person.
1: Back to our codependent uh, relationship <laughs> this year.
0: Will, this, will the dog always love the owner the most or like whoever Depends. gives them food?
1: Listen, if this is the truth, okay? If they're basic, this is what I love about them so much. Mm-hmm they don't hold on to the past the way we do Mm. so that's why like i was saying before like when animals come from sad stories the best thing you can do and this is also we could talk about trauma Mm -hmm. right the best thing you could do is nurture them in the present and fulfill all the needs that went missing Mm -hmm. as if they had what they needed from the beginning and they reset so when people bring their dogs to me and they stay here for like a week they're loved they're cared for they're fed well they're trained if those owners never came back with those dogs know the difference no they mm-hmm. probably i mean they would still remember that person and they'd mm-hmm. be excited to see them but as long as their needs are met and they're being loved and cared for and given everything they need they move forward mm-hmm. which is nice which is what's so nice about them and so <clears throat> you know i tend to be oh, i'm trying to just get his oh, it's paw fine. out from the wire here um <laughs> he's, he's all <laughs> he's about very involved you involved in this podcast he, well, no he's all about you he loves women oh. um but but the the nice thing about a dog like this, it's like, does he remember? If if he. Saw his former owners, who actually were really abusive to him. Would he remember them and still run to them? Yeah, of course they. Of course he would. Yeah. But the nice thing is that they reset, and so you can sort of start their lives over at any point. Yeah. So it's not, and it's it's not a matter of them being loyal or disloyal. It's that they think in the present and they think in the moment, and that's goes wow, back to what we're. Wow, how
0: freeing are, must that be? <laughs> but that's what I said. That's why
1: being with them, it's like you forget about yourself. You forget. Yeah. That's that's what's that's what you were talking about earlier. Like the mm-hmm. relationship with animals is so beautiful mm-hmm. because it's like you're you're so present in the moment with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. if we. And if they have these sort of the best thing you can do when you're trying to mitigate um, fractures of the past for them so that they heal and they move forward is to bring them into the present and forget their sad stories and just so, like we're doing with me in this podcast. We're, yes. we're, we're rebuilding. Me.
0: Yes. How have you changed as like a guy, a lover, a boyfriend over the years? Oh, my God. How old are you now? four
1: <laughs> 40s when i was in my 30s i was like oh this is where all the this is where all like the 20 year olds when i was 20 that i'm trying to get with are, are, going. are going and then no, when pe- i hit my and then when i hit my my, my 40s i'm like here's with the thirty you know it's <laughs> yeah. like it's i think it's i think the, the also, intellectually the split, intellectually emotionally like,
0: they fucking they also like know their passions a lot more i feel like in their late 30s and 40s yeah. they're emotionally like more understanding of themselves and other people they grow grow the fuck up they grow up and also they're interesting like i feel like they know things that i don't know Where like guys in their 20s are kind of like squirrels in like a fun way but you want to emotionally like respect the person yeah
1: you want yeah and you want someone who like you once, I think it's important, and this is like another thing. Like the reason I tend to like an age split mm-hmm. is like, and not in an enabling, like let me take care of you, baby type of way. Call yeah. me daddy all the time. I don't <laughs> mean. I mean you can call me that sometimes, <laughs> but the reason what I like about it is like it's nice to anticipate a woman's needs. Um, and plan things for her accordingly and be able to support her in a way not only just like if you know on fun dating stuff that you want to do but for like bigger picture stuff Mm -hmm. and I think that it takes a certain level of maturity and after dating you know different women and living with different women I've sort of you know I kind of pay attention to how women think and you know ways to take care of them that are you know it's not just like financially and things like that yeah well, especially I, I, especially now it's you like you sound
0: like a, you're you have to be empathetic and emotionally intelligent to like understand animals and then also just your apartment and his very de- detail-oriented ladies you can't see it but i can and it's hot um i do i want to know what is your relationship with anxiety oh. and when did it begin
1: so I've had OCD ever since I was a kid, and I have. There's, there's interesting things. There's OCD, and then there's um, obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Mm-hmm. The latter sounds more severe, but it's not. It okay. means like you know intrusive thoughts, yes. uh, repetitive thinking, ruminating. That's what mo- I have. Mo- right? Free floating anxiety. I wish
0: I had the other OCD where I like needed to be clean all the time. I mean, there's obviously tap
1: things three times. And- yeah. Well, I had that too, but like I had my my. My mom and dad's divorce when I was very young was very confusing for me. And, and it was like and they were like um, things that happened when I was younger. Where I was just like I sort of it, 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 there's this there's this theory and anybody who experiences trauma will understand. It's called the angel in a world of devils theory. And mm. this is why when people have extremely um, experienced a lot of abuse, they tend to feel shame or they take it on themselves. Like if a woman's raped a lot of times it makes they feel shame as a result of that mm-hmm. and here and especially when it's young right mm-hmm. when there's trauma what happens is and this is just the psychology of how the brain works and I've read about this a ton and it's helped me a lot in mitigating things from you know small things I have anxiety about to large things I have anxiety about but it's easier and safer if you're a child who's experienced some sort of abuse to think that you've done something wrong but the world is still a safe place Because the latter is intolerable and it would mean the actual ground you're standing on is broken and you'll fall through it. So the angel in a world, the the devil in a world of angels theory is what happens is that's where anxiety disorders tend to come from. If you think that you are inherently bad for some reason, because it's for a child to think that his parents are wrong or bad would mean that just like a dog, I mean, like, they're not getting thrown a bone, they're not gonna eat, they're gonna starve, they're gonna be abandoned. That's that's impossible. That means the world you're standing on is, is not imperfect, safe. Yeah. Right. But if you are imperfect and you are fucked up and you are a little broken or you've done something wrong, that's fixable. So that's mm. more of a that's more of a positive, but right? That creates self-hate. So it creates self-hate. And because it creates self-hate, that forms that self-hate is often overwhelming especially for kids so what do they need to do they need to distract themselves so if you have ocd and you need to repeat things 10 times or you're running around cleaning or you whatever the expressions of that anxiety are it's a great way for the brain and the body to distract you from feelings that are uncomfortable because they're overwhelming however it is the lesser of the two if we're talking about being a devil in a world of angels rather than an angel in a world of devils. So when I was younger and my parents went through their divorce and there was very difficult things that I had to deal with from, you know, relationship with a stepmother that was uncomfortable. Um, I was often scared and I would go to my dad's house on the weekends and I couldn't sleep. And he lived here in Manhattan and I, it was overwhelming. This is Manhattan in like the eighties. Yeah. And in order to sort of not feel the, uh, the confusion and the pain and the frustration of what was going on at an age that I was not able to process it I started counting things and measuring things with my thumbs and making Mm -hmm. beeping sounds and you know understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and the nice thing about you know growing older and 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 learning about yourself and self-introspection is that comedy is such a wonderful place where it's like I can even though it's still painful sometimes I can look back and laugh at those things because the majority of my act is about you know anxiety and Uh, OCD as a kid and how that manifests now and it's like you know I and you'll you'll understand this I don't think there's there's anything more gratifying than when we get up on stage and we talk about something personal and something honest and something real and a crowd of strangers that you don't know is looking at you and smiling and laughing because they identify with it yeah because you're not really performing to be like hey look at me I'm so great I get all the laughs you're connecting with them yes and the the best sets are the ones where even if it's a theater there's this feeling of intimacy that's going on where we're connecting with one another Mm -hmm. and that's the other time that even though it is about me and and the lights on you and the microphones that's the other time and I'm sure you experience this too where I feel the same flow that I do with dogs where time sort of goes away because even though I'm talking about myself I'm just like right now. Like I'm not paying attention to what I'm saying. I'm looking at you, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I'm connecting with you, even though mm-hmm. I'm talking to myself. Like my, I'm trying to get you to understand what I'm saying. And yes. if there's listeners paying attention, it's like I'm. T- we're we're talking to them. So, while when we're doing that and we're performing my even though it's you know they have the voice in your head which is the voice of your act where you're going and then Mm -hmm. also pay attention to the room Mm -hmm. all just like when you were playing tennis and you're in the middle of a match like you're so focused in the moment on what you're doing that time goes away yeah and whatever problems i have or issues i have it's like The act of actually talking about the worst things in my life is the thing that in the moment, if something bad is going on in my life, I'm not thinking about it. It's just like it comes full circle. It's
0: funny because sometimes, you know, you'll be in the green room and there might be like some people and you're like trying to impress them. You're feeling weird and you're just like, I just want to be on fucking stage. Like I can't navigate this right now. And you feel like almost safe in that moment on stage alone, at least telling your truth and being having you fear this weird sense of control just because. Yeah, you're so in the moment. Yeah. And OCD, I cuz I suffer from it too is a form of thinking you can control the future cuz you yeah. feel out of control. Like I would I would do all these things before tennis matches and I thought it was just OCD and my therapist was like, "No, cuz you're trying to control the future. I think if I do this, I'll win." when it's like, "You can't control the future." Well, it's
1: it's a if you think about it like OCD and it very specifically is an attempt to find balance. Yeah. What people clean up and things need to be neat and in order why because things feel chaotic and out of order yes. So that's why cleanliness is one of those tapping with patterns making sure think checking 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 is a bit. Why do people check? If they have body dysmorphic disorder, they look in the mirror ten times or feel parts of their body. If they, why do they do that? Because we're you're checking to make sure everything's okay mm-hmm. and everything's in place. Mm-hmm. And if you have, if people have histories or even something current that's going on where things feel out of order or out of place, we're trying to find balance with that. Yeah, you know. And this is interesting. Like I'm going through a bunch of stuff right now. Where, um, and I'll just be honest with you. Like I, I just went through something like romantically that was very painful. Um. And and overwhelming, and then um, there's also like all these career things that have been that I've been putting off and haven't allowed to flow from me because I get you know I do lots of different things. You there's do, this, I do, and I get and I do too many things at the same time, which i feel like sometimes i feel like i'm pushing five bowlers up a hill and as a result none of them are moving Mm. and so i actually was like wait a second i have to make a decision to ask for help and allow these things to be put in motion and they just started moving immediately like we're going to be going on tour with funny for fido shooting it doing it as a series probably selling it or something like these are big things that have always been like pulling at me to do and i've never known how to integrate the two um in after i had that that tv show so these things started moving and when things are going really good, sometimes I get anxious because I'm like, wait a second, I don't wanna fuck things up. Or I'll suffer from, what are all the things people do for avoidance? They're like, wait, I feel overwhelmed so they procrastinate. Yeah. Or I feel overwhelmed so I start running too, f- I, I start trying to control everything. Mm-hmm. So I, there's this thing that I do, and this might be helpful to listeners because you asked me like, how I manage anxiety, that was yeah. pretty much the question. I think about, there's different aspects of our personality, and I think about this thing, the healthy twin. And it's like, Justin adds his best, as the adult that he is right now, being self-aware, intelligent, having different resources, having knowing that he knows a thing or two about a thing or two, what's the mental state that you would need to be in to handle whatever situation you're in? And mm-hmm. you can you can easily identify, like, what are the strengths that I can lean on because there's the other part of me that's feeling weak or inadequate or inefficient, and you understand?
0: Yeah, that it's not all you.
1: Right, so I tend to write down the characteristics of like my healthy twin. Mm. Right? Who's the person you're talking to right now? Mm Because you know, there's also like a little ranting kid in me that doesn't want to do that. That Mm -hmm. just wants to have fun. That feels overwhelmed. That things are scary. And I write down the characteristics of this aspect of me that's the person that I want to be. And then I can see that, that you know
0: you're capable of. You've done 100%, it all before.
1: A hundred percent. This is this is just this is a form of this is something that like uh, Nathaniel Brandon talks about in the six pillars of self-esteem of how to recognize and build self-efficacy, the ability to think and learn, to know what you need to do to get through the the the, the, the everyday things in your life, and know that you have the uh, the confidence and the ability to learn the things that you don't know to succeed in those things as well. Like I'm butchering it, but that's basically yeah. what it is. Like self-esteem is self-efficacy. So I write down those characteristics, and then I start, you can almost like feel an automatically biological shift. Like I'll calm down, I'll stop like running around the apartment, <laughs> I'll feel settled, I'll start breathing slower and longer, not because I'm even trying to, I'm like, wait a second, I'm reminding myself about aspects of my personality that are, quote unquote, good enough and efficient. And then I break it down, I'm like, okay, so whether it's getting over somebody after a breakup, mm-hmm. whether it's a career shift that you want to do a divorce that you have to go through um an illness that you have to take care of that you that you're overwhelmed by what the what the first thing to do is like think about anything in your life that could be overwhelming mm-hmm. i'm like how would that person handle this specific scenario yeah and then i break it down even further i'm like okay so what are the list of things that i would need to do what do i actually have to do today and then i try it and i'll wake up in the morning and i'll just sort of First, try to get myself into a mental shift of where I'm thinking like the person that I, the aspect of me that I need to be, so that I can go through my day and act as if. And then eventually, when I just whether whether my mind agrees with me or not, same thing as animals. When I work with them, i was like. When people are like, you know, he's dragging, he won't walk. I'm just, you one of you has to make a decision. So whether you have to pull or not pull, you still have to walk to get across the street because they're scared of 10th Avenue. I actually did that this morning. That's why I'm saying oh, yeah. So I'm like, one of you has to make a decision. And if you move your body, the brain will follow. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like just setting a clear course. You know, you're basically saying like, this is where I need to go. This is the, this is the highlighted route and just moving your body through it. And then I think if you bring the body, the brain will follow. And so right now, even though there's good things and things that you know emotionally were painful for me as of very recently, I'm like, I have to move my life forward. Mm-hmm. And if I just go on my emotional brain, I'll get overwhelmed or feel, or I'll act out or, feel, or, or I'll go into depths of sadness yeah. and I won't and I won't and I'll stay stuck you in those things. You have to fake it
0: before you make it. Even yes. like the whole like I have to go on a stupid walk for my stupid mental health. You have to at least yes. fake that you want to go on the walk before you go on the walk. <laughs> Hannah I
1: never the gym is like something that I've maintained this this discipline with. Yeah. And seven out of ten times I don't want to go but I never regretted that I but but I know I'm like afterwards it's like you're gonna have that dopamine hit Mm -hmm. you're going to feel you're going to wake up like I know what's going to happen after so I just drag my body there
0: yeah I also like the good twin bad twin mentality because it really is you disassociating to being like I know I'm not going to take my own advice so what advice would I give to this friend yeah and then because I give such fucking good advice oh my god and then I can't, no one can take their own advice, but if you really disconnect to be like, you need to be your own best friend, it's like a form yeah. of self-soothing. self-soothing.
1: Well, I always think about it like this. I, I and think trusting about, your voice. Yeah, I don't think about it as the bad twin. I think about it as the, like, the that that part of me is sort of the, adult in his 40s mm. i'm still gonna like to say the second <laughs> now, who has his shit together who like has accomplished these things and then there's like the little kid in me that's like still wounded yeah. scared said all the things every kid is yes. you know what i mean and in a way if you kind of go full th-
0: of the voices that aren't yeah. even yours of that were you know parents, parents coaches whoever who yeah. didn't believe on you bullies
1: yeah like it's it's kind of cool to know that like you like we all we all have to like reparent ourselves and there's yeah. so many adults that you know are like everybody's like a baby yeah you you
0: realize we're all just little kids we're all just
1: little kids and you see people who are like emotionally shut down Mm -hmm. they just sort of they stuff things down it's like they've in a way that they they may get a bunch of shit accomplished but they're suffering you know the the you know the average man suffers what is it that thing uh in quiet desperation Mm -hmm. joe rogan was talking about he's like wait the majority of men live lives suffering quiet desperation meaning like you know without the emotional intelligence to know like wait a second there's these are not things i need to stuff down for the fear of facing them.
0: des has a joke that like men fart how women or women fart how men cry in private oh yeah (laughs) so it's like men are upset they're just not showing it and i actually want to ask you because you are like quite a masculine looking dude you definitely sound like you you could beat up a couple people on the street and um you could hold your own in a bar fight you know what i mean and and you probably can because you were a boxer but anyway thank you what do you (laughs) how do you associate with like other dudes and talking about anxiety and was it hard for you to realize that you're a guy dealing with anxiety because you're you weren't of the gen z time where you know how do you feel right
1: right no i you know it's interesting it's like um because of my rel, like i was raised by women love that so i was and i was very raised by very i was raised by very strong women my grandmother was like a holocaust survivor my mom grew up dirt poor and like worked her ass off and like made herself very very successful wow um at a very young age i have two sisters that i adore i also have my brothers on my dad's side but i was always sort of like looking for a father figure and like older dudes Mm -hmm. and the interesting thing is that i think that the relationships i have with and i have tons of guy friends, the relationships, I I went to this, (laughs) I went to this boarding school, which was like, instead of going to Juvie, Mm -hmm. because I was like, you know, I was acting out a lot as a kid, yeah, but it's like, you know, we kind of had, you know, I had a codependent mother that was able to like, kind of rescue this situation a little Mm -hmm. bit, and you know, so I didn't have to go there, and so I went to this boarding school where they, um, it was kind of self-helpy, and as a result of that, the friendships I formed there from the time I was 15, I still maintain those friendships to this day, and I've always just, like, I, I we we always kind of thought in this way where we learned how to, like, express our feelings. And the cool thing is that, you know, the dudes I hang out with are dudes' dudes, you know, Big mm-hmm. J and Dan. Mm-hmm. And, like, these are, like, they're masculine men. And Louis and uh, my friend Jesse. But it's, like, um, in quiet moments or when we're all hanging out, like, we're all really sensitive. <laughs> yeah. And dudes are like that. And I think guys, in a way, um, not in, like, the... Uh, not in like the like male feminist version of let me show this woman how sensitive I am yeah. so that you know there's like that fake yeah, so version of shit <laughs> yeah, so they can get laid it met, like really strong the, the really strong masculine men I know are very very in touch with their own feelings mm-hmm. and you know Big J is like a mentor to me in terms of comedically but one of the things that makes him such a powerful force in my life and such a force on stage is his vulnerability Mm. and I think that there's such strength in vulnerability and there's strength in being like hey I'm scared of this thing I'm overwhelmed like I'm feeling these emotions like I I used to suffer from this thing where I was like women want this sort of Neanderthal man who can beat everybody up and it's like that's not really accurate at all it's like you (laughs) it's like there's strength and vulnerability I don't mean becoming like a spineless jellyfish like I you know I like I have self-assertiveness, like I know how to accomplish (laughs) things and get things done, like if Mm -hmm. I'm walking with a woman and someone like disrespects her, like they're gonna lose a tooth, you know what I'm saying, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I think it's like, men are as vulnerable as women are. I mean, they may not not be outwardly, but men, like we feel all the same shit that women feel and what people don't realize is like, no one gives a shit about how men are doing. Like Chris Rock has this joke about it, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean, like no one gives a shit about how men are doing. So, (laughs) and, and this is what's great, this is what's great about this is what's great about being raised by very strong women and never having seen women in this. I've never seen women as weak. Like to me, whatever yeah. to whatever version of feminism that people are like waving a flag at that they think people didn't see. I'm like, I've always, I've, yeah, th- this is the plate that my life was served on. Like mm-hmm. I was raised by a very strong, independent woman, and like mm-hmm. my mother was my mother and my father. You
0: never questioned that your mom should have equal opportunity as a guy. No, my mom owned her company. <laughs> my mom owned the. Your com- mom was the mom and the dad. Yeah,
1: my mom owned a company with like 150 employees. It was hers. Wow. Right. So because my my sort of perspective on women was always that they're strong, competent, independent human beings, mm-hmm. I've. I, I sort of realized that like this idea of like this sort of quote unquote toxic male was never really like that just wasn't going to work for me Yeah. and I was like wait you just have to embrace your you have to like embrace your sensitivities and you also have to embrace your masculinity and those two things can you know they can coexist at the same time you nailed it which in turn is like that's sort of what I try to do on stage I used to have this very cocky act like yeah. my, nat- my personality is very cocky Yeah. but I used to have this very cocky act which was in a way sort of like trying to masquerade or hide the fact that I had these like issues and problems and vulnerabilities like every sure and then the thing that made that act what I think is really good and that I love doing is like no now it sort of embraces those things and it's not at the expense of being like well you know you know I I'm still cocky at the same time while I'm talking about vulnerable stuff and my OCD and like my problems and my issues yeah it's it's attractive
0: (laughs) when someone is like yeah this is me
1: yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah, not afraid you, to talk yeah, about owning it. it. owning yourself. Owning it. yourself. And
0: I also think with Big J owning his stuff, you don't know that other guys are experiencing the same insecurities and fears unless you speak out about no, it. No,
1: dude, so many dudes, all the toughest guys I know. Yeah. Right. And we know, I know Dante, like, <laughs> tough, like dude. Scary I, men. I've cried with these dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, these are like, you know, dudes are sensitive. Like, guys yeah. are sensitive.
0: And I also think what you said. Not acting like the generic strong dude that you think women want because women want what makes you unique. It's the same like women. Like, I could just act like I want to be just like hot and likable and chill and cool, where it's like, no, a guy's going to fall for you for what makes you different. That ex weird shit about you. It's,
1: let me tell you something. With every woman that I've ever fallen in love with, it's always the things that about themselves, like it's these little things about them that they think are unattractive that I find them. That I find the most endearing because it's like, oh wait, this gives me permission to be human too. Aww, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? What I'm I saying, love that. yeah, and like, and also, like a lot of times because because Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep him from I'm jumping all him over excited you
0: because uh, I love to get dogs pumped up and be like, no, oh my but God. he's
1: stupid. He'll be a little, like, a yeah. lot of times, and the, you'll get. I'm sure you'll get this too because you were just on a TV show and mm-hmm. like. People seeing you from the things that you do out in the world Mm -hmm. can they can have like a false perspective of who and what you are. You know what I mean. And if like from you know from the high fidelity role I had, it's Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean. They can sort of see you as something that you're not. Mm -hmm. And I always get a little bit weary when you know your DMs light up like crazy. So do my and like like when women or in certain men come at me in that area I'm like I always want to just be as exposing and honest as as possible from the beginning be like just i'm I'm very very human here and very yes. flawed and people like people
0: really forget that there's a human behind the character yeah, and, they
1: can, and they can they can
0: even you as a stand-up like you're
1: yeah they can take you at fa- they can take you at face value as opposed to realize that like they have you know it's the process of getting to know somebody is really nice and it's yeah. like the the sooner you can get the sooner you can cut to the chase the better i think like they're gonna if you fall in love with somebody they're going to they're going to see all your holes anyway
0: if someone's gonna meet you for the first time would you rather them watching you training a dog or watching you on stage
1: um i don't know I mean, if they, you know, if they make it to date two, they're going to see the other one in 24 hours. So (laughs) what's the difference? (laughs)
0: Because some comics are very like, I don't want people to see me on stage. Like that's my own No, I kind of like
1: that because I'm like, you kind of like, in that area, it is really like what you see is what you get here. Yeah. Yeah. Like I talk about all that, like what you see is what you get here. So I kind of like that.
0: Before we play our final game, I just want to know, you mentioned that you quit comedy at one point. Yeah. Why and where was your headspace at that time?
1: I had just, Dogs in the City, the CBS show, Mm -hmm. had just premiered and we were waiting for a season two and it was very difficult to do both at the same time i was like which direction is my life going in yeah and i moved out to la because i just had it with new york and i still feel that way today actually like new york just drives me crazy but (laughs) even
0: though you're the most new york person i'm the most new york person (laughs) that's why i have to stay here
1: because i I, acting wise i work so much more here but the um um i was sort of in this holding pattern where we were waiting for another network to pick this show up it's just this is pre like Instagram being able to put videos on. It was like 15 second little things. Like there was, the power of social media was not where it was. YouTube was not like this, you know, YouTube was like Jenny Marbles was just like yeah. the first one. You're like, wait, wait, this is a viable <laughs> space to actually make content. Yeah. So I was, so I was, I had just come off the show and I moved out to LA and I was like the dog stuff was something that was becoming very, very viable, but I was not able to really take control of it myself. I was still sort of relying on networks and, you know, powers that be be. Mm -hmm. and so because of that it was taking a lot of my attention and I wasn't really able to give my attention to performing and and what I realized is after being there and sort of staying in this holding pattern I was like wait a second I really miss the things that I have control over that I love doing and so I came back to New York and I was Mm -hmm. like I'm just gonna and it it had been four years of living out there and like the LA comedy scene is not the New York comedy scene and i was basically you know what i'll figure out a way to do this dog stuff in a smaller way but i miss acting i miss doing stand-up and then i move back here and i was just like all right i'm gonna start over again and the nice thing is like it just started to move and start to shift yeah and this and this week is like the time with the moment where i was like wait let me open up let me just open up the door again to the the way the dog stuff works in with comedy and performing yeah and i was like you know my partner and director and producer we're going the the tour that we've been wanting to do funny for fido Mm -hmm. we're going to do this city to city Mm -hmm. i'll host it we'll put some of the best comics on there and we'll do uh rescue shelter stories interspersed with the comics that we're putting on because that's where the money's going and i was Mm -hmm. like i've just always been trying to keep these two worlds separate Mm -hmm. and i've never known how to let them coexist together and it's kind of like the thing that i started doing which is the way to actually do it which is through my stand-up comedy charity and
0: also i think you were originally casted because you're not only a good dog trainer but you're charismatic and entertaining and funny and people want to watch you i think so but i also think what's interesting about you is it was hard what you're trying to do because it hasn't been done before really but you have to kind of take that to be like okay then i have to fucking create it
1: i the truth is like i've one of the things is like there's no mentor for this specific thing and like there you know there's been i had i had the highest produced dog training show ever, yeah. right? It was on CBS at prime time, yeah. and it all happened because I was like, come to work, watch me work this with dogs, and then I'll sell you in the room, which mm-hmm. I did, and then I wrote books for it, and I was like, okay, but I also do stand up and say fuck all the time, like how do you, like I don't know how <laughs> yeah. to, and the only thing I could think of was like comic relief with like Whoopi Goldberg, and I was like, how do I do this? And as a result, like one kept pulling me away from the other, but I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second, I've had this charity event that I've done for years all these like highly successful people from the entertainment industry to like are counting everything is done for free because people want to be able to lend their talents to something that is animal involved and that just feels people want to do philanthropic things yeah. and even this week i was like wait a second i gotta stop pushing these two things away because they want to merge yeah and so it's like yeah no one really has done that and i think for people so listening I'm,
0: like just because people haven't done something before does not mean that it can't be done no
1: but you i you have to ask for help and allow other yes. people who have a vision and believe in you at the same time to like do their job and not control everything which is something i'm learning to do i'm learning how to like let let go of control Oof. and allow people to like help me do this thing and be like I work better on a team, and one of the things that's always kept me from doing this is I've always felt so alone in it. Mm. And then I was like, well, you know, Justin, you're actually not alone if you allow these other talented people who wanna be a part of this project do their job and you take your hands off. Yeah. But one of the things is like, the reason I love being on set is because you're, you're one of the screws in a big machine. The reason I loved my first dog training show and I didn't like doing it on YouTube even though I think the YouTube videos were better was the fact that like there was a crew there and I yeah. was just like, I, my, my job was compartmentalized mm-hmm. and, and I was suffering from taking on too much and you know as a comic where the writer, the actor, the director, we're doing that the all. marketer, the marketer. The salesman. <laughs> so, right, so now make, give, give yourself another career that's equally as difficult and you're on your own with, I was like, I, I just started to, like I get panicky mm-hmm. and like who could do that mm-hmm. and so one of the biggest lessons I've learned is like and honestly, like over like years and like specifically this week is like, you have to ask for help and allow other people to do things with you. Yeah. So that you could, because I can't do, th- I hate being if alone. If you're
0: gonna like actually dream big, you have to delegate. Like if you want things to grow but yeah. bigger than yourself, you need more people than yourself. And I'm a control freak too, especially creatively. Yeah. And I've learned that you you just have to try and the right people, like you just will find naturally yeah. as long as you, but you first have to open that door to people. Yeah.
1: And you, yeah, like I, yeah, that was exactly what happened. I was like, I, I, I wrote this manager a very personal letter. I said, let me explain to you why I'm very overwhelmed right now. And I need somebody to help me guide this career. Here's all the different points. Here's the, and they were like, they're like, Wow, there's you have a lot of shit to do And a lot of stuff that you've done Mm -hmm. Let me help you manage this And Mm -hmm. I was like, thank you
0: I do think also like Accepting the stuff that you're not good at Is so freeing Just to be like Like I realize I'm so bad at admin Like even just booking a flight Like I will fuck that shit up so easy And then how about the things That you don't want (laughs) to do yeah The things you procrastinate
1: Like listen, I have I get I get so many emails from like you know from my dog one from like I'm like there's things that like I'm not good yeah. at admin either and yeah. I don't like making <laughs> my, making a schedule returning texts like I live on do not disturb oh my and it's God. like I've never been good at like small little menial tasks yes. I've never been good at that and so I've always like hired assistants to do that kind of thing but it's like it's so much like it's so much easier like everything's coming in on your phone at the same time so it's yeah. like I'm always so scattered with that shit I'm like these are the things I don't want to do
0: yeah and it doesn't make you like not successful it means you can't put your focus towards that I had a good entrepreneurial advice where someone was like for example let's say you have to return clothes mm-hmm. and you know you're going to procrastinate it's adding stress you're not going to do it you don't even know how to fucking for me, get it's a Amazon, box but yes but, but yeah like let's say something they say, okay, what is the price that like you're willing to pay? Because sometimes- To have this it's done for you. Exactly. Yeah. That What is your th- four, three hours worth that it could take you exactly. to return this? If it's $100, fucking pay the $100. Yeah. And that was really enlightening to me to be like, oh, you don't have to conquer everything. You actually can like- it's part of self-love too to be yeah. like I'm a healthier person if I give stuff to other people. Yeah.
1: 100%. I just I have to do that with like a few of the projects that I'm working on right yes. now where it's like I need a production team to do these because I don't want to do them. Yeah. I don't the, and then I procrastinate doing them because mm-hmm. they annoy me. And the reason they and annoy actually, me you know,
0: is the because project is fucked yeah and like if you're
1: busy doing all these like tiny little things you can't get to the big stuff like you got to get up in the helicopter and see big picture with shit exactly and that was the thing that was keeping me from moving these projects forward i was just like sitting there on like an ant on the ground like doing all the little stuff and i'm like no i have to be in the fucking tower
0: especially if you have adhd like me next thing you know your friend texts you next thing you know you you need to get you want some food next thing you know you yeah. see something on instagram you're watching a goat video yeah. for 10 hours <laughs>
1: goat video oh my god i <laughs> love they fucking the goat video jump like that yeah 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 what's that one's name
0: fuck <laughs> i mean i follow so many of them i'm yeah. obsessed with them um justin you're very comfortable in hell you that we could talk for hours on so many different things you're so yeah. interesting ladies I'll, I'll do this again slide into the dms we're not done oh don't fucking go anywhere I'm sorry. it's time to play the seven deadly sins oh shit Seven deadly sins. Okay, what are you greedy about?
1: What am I? Um, what am I? Attention.
0: Getting dogs to sit. No attention. Yeah. Yep. When did you accept that you wanted the limelight?
1: Uh, tomorrow.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what are you? En- who are you envious of?
1: I'm envious of my, I'm envious. This isn't, it's kind of envious, but I don't like hate them for it. I'm envious of (laughs) my friends who their card kind of got picked a little earlier. Yeah. And they have a lot more wind at their back Mm. because I think that's like, you know, for all of us, it's like the way uh, we're all like, you have to be good enough to be in the casino sitting at the table, playing a hand to begin with, but Mm -hmm. then it's just law of averages and luck. Yeah. And when I've had really great luck in my life, like with, Shows and things like that that have, have popped off for me, I felt like, oh, the lane is clear for me to do the things I want to do, and there's no traffic, so yeah. I get envious of the people where there feels like there's less traffic, and I feel it in every way, like career-wise, relationship-wise, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'd love to be like, I, I think they're starting to, but I'd love to be like moving a little bit smoother and faster, further along, you know, and like a chick on my arm to like be kind of sailing into it with, That's, yeah, that, so. Envious is like a weird way to put it, but I was just like, ugh, when I see that, I'm like, that's what I want.
0: But it's funny you say the word like I see, and I think about how back then, like you were, your brain was never meant to be seeing so many people's lives. Yeah, at no, one social time. media is dangerous. <laughs> it's it's like
1: I I have done entire podcast episodes on this where it's like the compare and despair thing, and that's something like my OCD falls into that. Mm. And then you can sit there and you could be paralyzed by feeling like incredibly scattered looking at what other people have feeling you're too far behind to get there Mm -hmm. so that's why i'm saying like i feel like all these things that are moving for me right now so it's important to like keep my eyes on my feet yes but if you ask me to like lift them up a little bit you asked who i'm envious about i'm like Oh, there's the dude who's just like their 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 number got called a little earlier. Yeah, that's a nice place to be. I mean, you know the momentum of it. Like, how great was the momentum of being on that show? And now, like, now there's gas in the tank for this thing that you're doing now.
0: Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. And then there's also the sense of me trying to get control, where like something bad will happen, where a lot of people are talking about it, or people are talking shit. And you want to look at it on social media because you want to see the car crash, how bad it is. But then you also just have to be like, no, I don't need that. I don't need that distraction.
1: Ari helped me with something. We were on the road and he put an app limiter on my phone and didn't tell me the code. My mom knows it. So it's like after an hour, that thing, I can't look at social media, which is great because I can get really trapped and I can get trapped in that. I don't really, it's not so much even looking at other people's stuff. It's more like how my stuff is, like always taking my own temperature.
0: Yeah. And that it completely is your value. Also, Mike Feeney told me something that was pretty wise and a funny metaphor. He was like, we're all like popcorn and we're popping at different times. Like This is just nature. Can
1: I tell you something? I swear on my fucking dog's life that that visual image is exactly the way that I've expressed it before. Yeah. I've never heard that from anybody else. It's
0: fucking, it's genius because it's like, it's all all the same temperature we're dealing with and nature pops things at different times.
1: There's a great book called um The Drunkard's Walk how randomness rules our lives and it's written by Leonard Modlano, who is a mathematician and also a screenwriter he wrote MacGyver he's like and he explains the laws of averages and how even in the even with in things where you think statistically they follow a certain format like sports yeah he shows how the laws of average in in every single career every relationship path how these things are really the number one fact it's like right time right place like that how strong that is in our lives yeah and the dangers of being like wait a second what am i not doing to get what and it's got it's nothing to do with that at all and i and it's like the whole book is a little too mathy yeah but the first few chapters he goes through all these different careers from actors to studio executives to sports figures to mm-hmm. financial advisors to be and he's like let me show you how what happened is the laws of averages is called their number and the way people misconstrue it because our brain is sort of like looking to assign value is that you think like no that person did something special not to say mm-hmm. that we don't all have special talents special things and that hard work doesn't pay off but yes that's the price of admission to get into the casino to be sitting down yes. so that the number lands on black you know, understand yes. what i'm saying yes. and we d- and people undervalue how much luck and randomness is like you know what i I mean i also
0: think there's a difference between like wanting to be a stand-up versus like believing in your heart that you are a Mm stand-up i think about like why like rihanna was so successful like she really believed sure that's how she got to the table
1: yes but so like
0: you have to have that belief but then there's the average but but but
1: that's also how you have to stay at the table the hard thing is to be like you know how long like if you're like oh what i'm doing isn't working what i'm doing is or like how many people do you know like joe pesci is a perfect example like he'd quit acting he was yeah. like i'm not good it's like no your number just wasn't like that that kernel had not yeah. popped yet. but also
0: like you with dog training you don't question am i am i good enough like, no you I you are no a dog trainer and that's just you where there's a lot of people who didn't make it dog training because they didn't have that same like purpose that you have you
1: know but the thing and this is true like uh, you know the, the the one thing that i I don't have, like, a lack of self-belief. If anything, I get frustrated with the other... And and listen, an accurate (laughs) self-appraisal is the most important thing in any career, but specifically one where you're like acting and comedy like people who think they're better than they are or Mm -hmm. think they're worse than they are don't have an accurate appraisal of who and what they are I know there's people that are better me I know that I'm better than other people I know kind of where I fit I know where my room for progress is like I see these things pretty clearly and I don't have a lack in belief in my ability in any way I don't like there's I don't think I'm not good at this thing I don't think I don't belong there like I think I do but sometimes you get just frustrated looking at your watch which is when like you know you have to be grateful for what you have. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I sit there on that chair and I'm like, wait, this is a beautiful apartment. I have this dog and I'm healthy. And I'm like, you know, I still look really young and my body is fit (laughs) and like my mother's alive. And like, you know, there's money in my bank account and there's food in my refrigerator. And I could have been in that tsunami or died from, like, that's where gratitude really comes into part. And they say you
0: can't feel anxiety and gratitude at the same same time, time, yeah, which is powerful. I also just saw a TikTok, which is where I get all my information about this guy talking about the concept of time and how like you feel like there's a like where you want to be in your future and he's like instead of you thinking that you're riding time like time's riding you if that makes sense so you're always going to be in the present moment
1: so you're you're like it's like being breathed in a way like you're not breathing you're being breathed
0: exactly so it's like instead of you being like oh i can't time like my future is already set out and i'm just waiting it's like no 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 yeah time's not linear the moment yeah and and they say it has been proven like if you're just taking each moment as good as you can then like you step back and you look over the last five years and you're like holy fuck this was Dude, what that, i wanted that's
1: exactly what happened to me like i was just like wait a second all the thing. the reason i came back to new york i was like wait a second the things that I, I was like i wanted to start acting on tv again i started acting on tv again i wanted to start shooting short films again with like friends i started doing that i wanted to start performing and headlining like i, I like i was like i started performing and headlining and have like like that's now. Mm-hmm. I want like. Oh, I was like, wait a second. These are the things that four years ago, when I first came back, I was like, this is what I said I wanted. But the interest, the the, the that finish line is always moving. Yeah, it's always moving. It's yep. like we're chasing a carrot because so you're always
0: like, in the present. Right. And if I think about like, oh, if I got this, I would you envision this like different version of you. No. When I re, even like when bad shit happens yeah. to me, like I had some bad shit I went through, and I'm like. I wasn't happier before. Right. I'm still me. Right. And once you understand that, then you start seeing the value of like yeah. events in your future differently.
1: Sweet, let me tell you something. That whole like everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah. It is so true. I was I remember when I was like when I when I was moved to LA, I was like, Oh my god, if I just had a house here and like a yeah. beautiful woman <laughs> yes. that I was in love with and like I had like like dogs all around Meetings me and I was like the time. And then when I had that I was like I, I was still You're right still there. You. Yes, it's like objects in the mirror are further than they, closer than they appear. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever you get there, when things start to, when the blur from the distance goes away and it actually Mm -hmm. comes into the fore, Mm -hmm. you're like, wait a second. In the course of a day, I still had the same anxieties that I would have had. Moments of joy I would have had. Like you think that things are going to
0: do. Think you're the shit. You're you're probably becoming an asshole
1: yeah there's like, something like if be, you
0: suddenly think people think differently about you and you think you're a different kind of person like then you're kind of going through a phase of just ego yeah and then that's gonna fade anyway exactly everything that which goes is a up goes high. down Woo!
1: everything that goes up goes down all right
0: what are you gluttonous about what do you in?
1: what am i gluttonous about um what do i overindulge? well i want what do i overindulge in? I can get lost in a substance or two. Oh. What's I can your party a little hard. Uh, <laughs> different ones, but like I can like after I can get a little bit like uh after the shows when I'm trying to come down. Yeah. That one drink can come to two, to turn it three, but I'm like, you know, but that's like well, you know, it's funny I can I can get I can get I can party a little as bit. As someone that
0: likes control, like I like control. I like cry when I smoke weed because I feel like I'm out of control. Yeah. I can't smoke weed. You can't smoke weed either. Okay, yeah, you can No, it. <laughs> I can't, I, dude.
1: My I, no, the creativity. Like I love
0: people who smoke weed. I, a lot of my friends do. I think it's so cool, and I wish I was that laid back, but I'm just not. I ruin every party. But I have
1: positives on that too. Like I get, like I'm gluttonous about. I don't know if gluttony is the word, but I also like, you know, I can't, I can't exercise enough. Yeah. Like I'm like, wait a second, can I walk there? Always <laughs> take the stairs? Do they like into my mind? I I have. Do this, you
0: have fear of being fat? Are you mm, fat phobic? No, Justin. No, I'm not fat phobic.
1: <laughs> I'm not fat. No, no, no. I always like. I just like. I have (laughs) as I'm walking down the streets of New York. I'm like I think of myself as this machine that always needs to be being built. Like I can like I can work out. But it also brings you
0: joy to know that you're like doing good for your body. You're treating your body like a machine. That
1: I'm also glut. This is true. Mm -hmm. I'm 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 gluttonous. uh, I'm gluttonous on the like affection and romantic tip. like yeah. once that switch goes on i'm like i can't get enough
0: yeah 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 oh, i love that but not, behavior but i'm but I'm,
1: but, not, but I'm not a whore
0: yeah you're not one a at whore. a time and you're not love bombing you're just showing no
1: i'm not like if no i don't i don't i don't do that although i do love very deeply and very passionately have
0: you ever had issues where um people think you love your mom more than them
1: no my mother drives me crazy. <laughs> no, I don't know. I have like strong boundaries with that woman. Because mentioned
0: her multiple times this pod, so I wanted to just, for the listeners. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. Like Even though I'm like a mama's boy, yeah. it's like I have very, like, no, my, my no, not at all. You I'm
0: separate not. the two. Yeah, my, I can't spend 10 minutes with her in a room. Like our phone <laughs>
1: conversations are like three shouting sentences back and forth, and then one of us hangs up. I mean, I'm okay, not. Good. That's healthy,
0: that's healthy. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath or anger?
1: Let me say this. Um, I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. every time I walk out onto the streets of New York City, (laughs) I think this place, you don't realize how much of a dump this town is until you adopt a dog in LA and then bring it to New York. Mm -hmm. And I'm like yanking him this way, that way. There's like garbage. Like I live, this is rated one of the most beautiful blocks in Mm -hmm. New York City, like Mm -hmm. every year by the New York Times. Mm -hmm. And I walk outside and I'm like, this fucking filthy <laughs> shithole, and people walking outside. So like I get so angry. Like, dude, I'll be on the phone. Like I, I was making a joke about this. I was on my. I was on the phone with like a friend of mine in LA, and he's like, "Is it nine eleven every day there? Like, why <laughs> is it <It's> like?" <laughs> I'm like, "Shut fuck up! <laughs> like just normal like I get I get like angry this is something I've had to make I have to like learn how to make peace with yeah like I ha- I love I fucking hate this city and mm-hmm. you're like so Justin leave I'm like no I'm being a brat because it's like I said st- <laughs> everything I do is basically here yeah. but I'm like and I, the like,
0: energy is unlike anything it else it drives me fucking crazy we're we're in the Lower East Side and we're right by like a turn into a bridge and of course all the assholes want to cut the line so from like five to seven is straight honking and Des loses his mind like he's like why are we ho-? like i think he wants to go down and literally start yelling oh, at people
1: d- tra- yeah are right
0: by the turn so I everyone's get, fighting you hear cur- people cursing each other out all the time and this is just the chaotic energy that is the city the,
1: yeah the kate let me tell you something. living in manhattan has worn me to a fucking nub like i'm so <laughs> i'm just i'm i'm telling you like th- probably in the spring i'll be like renting this place out and moving to
0: an outer to- borough
1: I, I think Jersey. I like it in Jersey. I yeah. like it in Hoboken and in Jersey City because like, Jersey City is beautiful. Th- it's beautiful. It's clean. It's open. Like I'm just I grew like,
0: up in Brooklyn, and I really, even though people think it's all the same, sometimes I am such an of borough person. We're like, I like hearing the birds. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm trying to go to the country, but like I like hearing the birds.
1: That's why I like, dude. We have I have blue yeah. jays out here. There's ro There's robins there's like there's all these, there's there's fucking owls here at night. yeah that's why i like that we have the garden in the back but like i get overwhelmed by that and then someone did something like as of recently that was like very personally like offensive to me and i mm-hmm. was just like you know uh i'm not gonna get into the details of that <laughs> but i was just like i was in a fucking raging fit
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah wait are you 100 percent jewish
1: yeah yeah i guess so yeah, I, I'm you, the most un. But you
0: could get casted for an Italian. You think? Yeah, because <laughs> I was saying that's Sicilian behavior. You're you're speaking of.
1: Yeah, but you know, choose just the smarter version. <laughs> Honestly, true. <laughs> They're not as <laughs> Um When
0: was the last? Well, you have the cockiness of an Italian. I really do. When was the last time you were a sloth? So a lazy piece of shit didn't go to the gym, didn't do anything.
1: Holy shit, dude! The momentum, like <laughs> I, that was one of the depressions of quarantine i was like people i had all these like workout stuff in the house and i wasn't doing it and i lost like eight pounds of muscle which on my frame is a lot and i was just like i was like i didn't i would wake like i didn't look at a clock i didn't know what time it was i was like it doesn't really matter i was just like eating whatever the fuck and i was like the momentum of like going to the gym had died and i was like and i didn't get and i never got comfortable in it i was just like Ugh! This like I felt so slothful and lazy. That's the only thing with depression. And like get, you're
0: fighting it all the time, but doing nothing, and, so it's exhausting. And here's
1: another one. I was like, uh, I was, I got the second, co, I got, COVID again, and like yeah. I had a quarantine here, uh. for like five days, and it was right in the time when you know, like, after, like right when the holidays are gonna start, everything dies down in our business. Mm-hmm. The fucking way I start spinning out because there's not enough to do. Yeah. Like. That time of year always drives me crazy. Then I had COVID and the weather was bad. I was like, just in this apartment. I was just like, uh, are you a coffee guy? But not a big coffee guy, like two cups a day. Yeah. But both in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, like, I'm like an engine that runs hot. Like I need a lot of shit to do. Yeah. And if those things are attended to, then I relax. Yeah. But if there's a lot of balls in the air that I'm juggling, I can't like settle down until like those things are sort of like they're tended to properly. I'm the same. I don't give a fuck.
0: When was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something?
1: Today. <laughs>
0: the, the speed that you answer that. Today, question. I mean, it's
1: always checking in. It's like it's always like uh, I've. It's like dude, moment to moment, I have to do that. <laughs> like in in a big way, um, where like I've self sabotaged. Oh yeah, here here's like in career wise, like a big way where I self sabotage is like I get frustrated, um like dog wise things like to me i'm like how do, like why don't you just know how to do this like i have mm-hmm. a million clients like i have a million clients all the time they're like how do i do this how do I-? and i get like very frustrated where i'm like i get short with them and snappy mm-hmm. because to me it just feels like common and, and and by the way every great dog trainer i know we all have this very low frustration tolerance and frustration with clients we mm-hmm. all do with the humans with the humans, <laughs> because to us, things that seem obvious, it's yeah. like, you're just like, Ugh, like, how are you still, like, come on, man. Yeah. So I, 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 I forget that, I'm like, Justin, that's your ego, and like someone's asking you for help and something, and you're fortunate to be like an expert in this position, and you're, it's <laughs> like, you need to like, be gentler and calm, and I always end up apologizing mm-hmm. after a first session, and I'm like, I am so sorry, and then I am end up being like very generous and giving them like, for, and like, yeah. they always stick around because I'm a sweetheart, <laughs> but I'm like, dude, your fucking ego about the fact that other people should know this thing that like you've just managed to cultivate over the course of 20 years. Pre- years—and Come on, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're being a fucking prick right now. <laughs> you're being a prick. <laughs>
0: well yeah i know that des was learning about stuff and there's like a way to do things and when you don't do it right it is frustrating because it like moves the process backwards yeah and he would like yell at his brother like to do something the brother wouldn't do it and i'd be like why like this is difficult you're dealing with a live animal here yeah
1: yeah 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 yeah. that yeah and then yeah and then i do that in relationships too but i always apologize like i always like i have have, like i get i get sensitive and i have a sensitive ego and it's like if i get rubbed the wrong way i peacock and i puff my chest out and then i'm like and then i'm always just like uh, i feel like an asshole but, but i'll is, always i'll always own up to it this after is
0: it. 40s behavior guys in their 20s are still peacocking and then by their 40s they're like yeah i do that we yeah we do <laughs> we do that and then
1: we apologize yeah yeah exactly. yeah 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 <laughs> 40s are dope
0: um when was the last time you lusted over someone Ooh,
1: <laughs> within the past 24 hours
0: <laughs> where do you have like a celebrity crush or like
1: celebrity crush yeah uh, it was always Catherine Zeta-Jones was my celebrity. Crush, oh, but nice. No, I don't like not not specifically right now.
0: She likes an older man too. Oh, um, nice. But well, older Ca- than you? No.
1: Well, she's older than me.
0: Yeah, but she's with. I'm just. I'm just. Oh yeah, she likes to go up. She
1: likes to go up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you might. But he's gonna die soon, so.
1: Catherine, Might You know that joke I have? How my mom wants me to date Charl- Charlize Theron? No oh I'll, I'll send it to you so you could, but like my mom's like she wants she's like she my mom's like she's trying convinced
0: to you were put on this earth for Sh- charlie's
1: she just thinks we're right for each other <laughs> and i'm like she's like she's like you gotta get in, she's like you know charlie's still like, she'll send me articles <laughs> and i'm like i have a, i have like i do like five minutes on it
0: that's amazing <laughs>
1: i'll send it to you
0: <laughs> okay to wrap this up yeah final question yeah what advice would you give to people on how to cope with your hell when you're going through it, your darkest times? What do you do?
1: There's nothing better than your family of choice rather than sometimes it's your family of origin, but the fucking people in my life are unbelievable. Mm. And the amount of times that I've just called people like when I'm in the depths of something, I've been like, dude, I need you. That takes balls. Or it's, it's there's. Because
0: I'm always like, they don't give up. They don't no, need to and then
1: No, and that's what I mean, like, there's, I have incredible relationships with people. Mm-hmm. I do, I have great friends, I've like, and they've, the, the peop, I love the people in my life, and I've been there for them, and they're there for me, and it's like, they know, if, from being so open and honest with them all the time, they know me in and out, mm-hmm. and they're always like, you know, sometimes you know the right thing to do in a certain situation, but it's painful, or scary, or hard, Yeah, and so, you first of all, need that reaffirmed, like, no, this is the right thing that you do, but you also need like, a, like, Especially in comedy, where I always imagine it's like a we're like a pack of buffalo that are all yeah. running together. Yeah. And sometimes you can feel like you stray out and you get a little bit lost on the plains. Like you need those, you need those other ones to run around and kind of herd you back in. Yeah. But like it's yeah, it's like and you have to kind of adventure.
0: admit like I'm not okay and I need to speak out.
1: I have no problem doing that. I have no problem saying like, hey, like I'm a little unwell. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that Rob uh, Rob Thomas song. Like yeah. I've, I've I believe that Throwback. everybody. Yeah, well, he's a buddy of mine. Really? Um, I have a great story <laughs> with me and Rob. Song. I have a, Yeah, me too. That's my favorite from him. But like, <laughs> you know, everybody's got their shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to, like, this is a touchy-feely podcast, so it sounds like, you know, <laughs> you know I don't walk around 24-7 thinking like this, but it's yeah. like, I've opened up with you. Like, how, how, how bonded are you? And I? Like, I could call Forever. you now. I can call you
0: now. Forever. Right. I mean, me and Brutus are another level of bonded, I mean, but yeah. Justin, this has been incredible. I knew it was. We could keep talking forever, but it's been 120. Oh, wow. To so let people go where can people follow you listen to you watch you give me all the goods
1: okay. so here's a lot now so it's <laughs> at I am Justin Silver uh, from my comedy uh, on TikTok and Instagram and all those I am dot com is my website I have road dates coming up nice. myself and Natalie Cuomo have anxiety attack that is on February 3rd at the stand and then I am headlining five shows at Comedy Connection Rhode Island nice. on Super Bowl slash Valentine's Day weekend so it's Ooh. the 11th 12th on the 13th i'm going to be there but not doing anything and then we have the monday show on the 14th um all my dog stuff is at the language of dogs the mm-hmm. website is the language of dogs i have a youtube channel for that i put a so lot of good. shit on social media so good you guys yeah and then interestingly enough i just dropped two podcasts and we're starting the language of dogs podcast again cool. where we have different you know You'll be on there. We'll have we have guests on there. I answer people's questions. There's a Patreon page for that so people can get answers to all their dog dilemmas du jour. And there's funny aspects to it. There's a philanthropic aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And then funny for Fido, which is attached is, which is attached to that. Um people can donate year round. We give the money to the animals that need it the most. I vet them out personally. So if people are like, I just want to make sure this money's going to the right I love place. That. Yeah. I make sure that we do it. That social media is funny for Fido and then we're actually we're right. We're starting to plan this tour and shoot this as a series that I think we're gonna sell. So exciting. Yeah, it's cool. Also,
0: we love Natalie Cuomo on yeah, this she's pod. Great. We just had her on. Um finally, any words about pit bulls just that people should know? Yeah. If they're thinking of adopting. Yeah,
1: they're just like every other dog. So the idea is like when people go like, Oh, I actually knew a pit bull that was like really friendly, or I know this what like all dogs, like the whole like breed stigma is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They're some of them are as aggressive. I train as many golden retrievers for aggression as I do pit bulls, right? There's just the most of them in most in New York City and LA. So Mm -hmm. that's why there's like the numbers are higher. Mm -hmm. It's just because of how many of them there are. Mm -hmm. But they are, they just, you know, they're just big, strong dogs. And just like any strong, big, strong dog, they need discipline, boundaries, affection, and you have to know what you're doing with them. No different than if you had a big, strong golden retriever. But, um, but And if people need adoption advice, like I do this all the time, like they can always just, on the Patreon page, they're like, hey, I just am thinking about adopting. Can you give me some guidance? And I'll do everything from vetting out the different rescue shelters in their, in whatever town they're in, mm-hmm. to giving them advice on that, and I'm sort of helping them coaching them even through the first 24 hours of what to do. And then I offer, like, you know, I, have tr- I do virtual training all the time with people. Now, I train people in Australia. Wow. So Thanks so dine. much, guys,
0: for listening to Burning in Hell today. And we'll talk later. Bye. Peace. <laughs>